Ready, we can get started. I'm ready. I'm ready if you are. I'm ready. Let's do All right. it. We're going to fucking rock and roll. We're going we're gonna to crush this thing. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <sighs> hey, sober family. Welcome to I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye, the podcast where we're learning to love ourselves more than booze. I'm your host, Dana Kroll, and I'm a former Army chaplain who developed a toxic relationship with alcohol after leaving the military several years ago. And then after inpatient and outpatient recovery and a year staying sober on my own, I relapsed and descended into a rock bottom. But thankfully, in the depths of despair, I discovered the not-so-secret solution to staying sober, which is finding and contributing to communities. Soon after, I started this podcast as a way to keep myself accountable and to help others who are in early sobriety. With me, as always, in the studio is my dude, Al K. Humphrey. What's up, my man? And uh, he's my co-host and my spirit animal for sobriety. And on this episode, Al and I are excited to welcome Karen Kane. She is from Collingswood, New Jersey, which is just across the river from Philly. And she is a certified life coach, a religious science practitioner, and a booty yogi instructor who helps women to empower themselves uh, to step into their truth and to live their free and happy life. And as she put it in her own words to me, she takes a holistic approach to free people from the shit in their head. So by the end of today's episode, Karen and I want you to walk away with some practical skills for inner healing so that you can have more confidence in yourself and your sobriety. So Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited. Well, thanks for being here and tell us about your spiritual journey and how sobriety has been a part of that story. Oh, wow. Well, uh, this is not my first time rodeo as far as sobriety goes. I, um, <laughs> this is my third and um, three times has been a charm. So I am now just to like set the, the where I am now. Um, first is that I am six and a half years sober. And um, thank you for that amazing introduction. Holy crap. Like, look who I am. Whoa. <laughs> so yeah, you guys, like I wasn't this way. I was so not this way. I was pretty much addicted to a bottle um, my whole life, like 30 years. I'm 51. So better late than ever, as I said, like earlier to you, Dana, better late than ever. Yes. Um, you know what? There's never a right or wrong time when you finally, you know, finally do it. One thing I will share with you that you guys, that's really is a game changer for me because I, this isn't my first time rodeo is that I did it for the wrong reasons the first two times I did not do it for me. Uh, so the first time it was because I was going through a divorce and I wanted to keep my son. <laughs> the second time I, um, I did it because I was a complete embarrassment at a family function, which was actually my son's christening uh, that I pretty much barely showed up, didn't even go at the front of the church. It was a total shit show. Hmm. And because of that embarrassment, of course, um, with so much family there, it was like, oh, I mean, you, oh, I should probably seek help. Okay. I don't really like AA, so I'll find something. And, and I did find something, but um, that was a temporary fix. Uh, both times I never made it a year. I was close. First time I was, I think, like 
eight months or maybe almost a year. And the second time was like eight months. Okay. I wasn't doing it for me. So once I, I guess, really bottomed out, you know, how many times can you bottom out a lot? Yeah. <laughs> or as many times as it takes. Yeah. You know, um, but I finally realized that I wanted to live and I wanted to live a happy life. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired for real. I also wanted to be a good mom, you know, um, it just kept, it's progressive and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So, um, as far as my spiritual journey, I actually did start, um, my spiritual journey probably in my twenties, but just dabbled into a little bit. I lived in New York city. So (laughs) smart Karen, when she was 21, moved to New York city because I could just party all like day, all night. And, um, I didn't have to drive. So that was like my full-time job in New York. I was a great partier. (laughs) So, uh, that wasn't definitely like the best idea. What is my journey? And I'm, I'm grateful for my journey because if I hadn't had this journey, I wouldn't be who I am here showing up today. Yeah. I wouldn't be this version of me had I not gone through mm-hmm. like all of that. So, um, so I did dabble in like a little bit of Buddhism. I went to like a meditation and I started reading books, kind of getting curious um, about spirituality. And it all interests me a lot um, for sure. It wasn't until 2013 where it was one of my stages of kind of like looking at my my addiction and doing a transformation. I think I had left a job because I was pretty much I was just killing myself in that job and drinking it's just myself to death. So um, so that was kind of the start It was in 2013 and I found a spiritual center and the spiritual center was it felt different to me. It was empowering, unlike any other kind of like religious thing I've ever experienced before, which was always kind of like, did not feel empowering to me. Right. Separation. So this felt really, you know, I, I was drawn to it. And um, so it turns out that it, that particular center, I ended up starting to take classes and I got even more interested and, um, so eventually after time went on i got so interested that i wanted to become a spiritual practitioner that was like the next step and i had to do all this preliminary work so it's really like seven years in the making if you all said and done to become what i am now wow yeah um and that was a big step and that was a lot of work (laughs) that was um that was like two and a half years of some serious work for the practitioner but i had to have that prerequisite stuff so the spirituality really um, became a big part of my life because I could see how it was shifting who I was. And so in that 2013, you know, I did go through those little bits of sobriety, um, but I guess I wasn't fully ready to surrender until I just got the lowest of the low. I mean, and and the lowest of the low, quite honestly, was me spending a Christmas day alone in the dark in front of my tree with a bunch of alcohol and not being with any family Mm. or anybody. My boyfriend at the time went with his family, his 
his kids and um i literally kind of like waited around all day for him to show up in the evening Mm. um so that was kind of like the bottom really where i knew like it's like now or never this is this is big shit. <laughs> and what year was that? What which Christmas? Oh, um, so 2016. Okay, 20- so my sobriety date is January 1st of 2016. Okay. So after Christmas, I geared up, and I pretty much planned it out. Okay. I planned it out January 1st, New Year's Eve. After 12 o'clock, that's it. You're gonna cheers. Bring in the new year with some champagne and you're done. Okay. That's what I, that's what happened. And how do you think that stuck? Because, um, you know, it seems like, uh, and, and not to minimize or take away from that at all, but I know a lot of folks try to do a dry January or they try to start, you know, at the new year as a new year's resolution. And you had these previous attempts that didn't work. Why do you think that one worked? It was, it was the lowest it was even lower than the yeah. other lows that you had had you felt like that was absolutely the rock bottom right absolutely the rock bottom i literally was like you're i'm gonna die i'm killing myself okay. i am my son is suffering oh there was one point i guess i'll share it because this just came up with my son um he was 11 at the time when i got sober this time um but prior to that there was one Sunday that I remember. So I would like go to my spiritual center and then leave there and go to the liquor store and get like champagne and like drink a whole bottle, mix mimosas and drink a whole bottle um, right after. I mean, I would think in my mind that I was just gonna like, you know, have a just, you know, throughout the day, but it would right. be on in no time. And, um, you know, then I would start my day and I'd go run like a mile and, try to be all healthy and fit. And meanwhile, it's like this toxic, toxic life that I was living. And it was like this dual, dual life. I was living, you know, two lives. I wanted to be this healthy nutrition, like fitness coach, but I was addicted to alcohol. Mm. Um, so one Sunday I had ran out, I drank the champagne, ran back out to the store. I would just slip out. I wouldn't say goodbye. It, it was, it's so close to my house. I would just kind of like dip out, come back with a six pack of beer. And he caught me, I was going to the basement to like hide it. I used to hide like liquor all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody, maybe maybe that sounds familiar. Um, yeah. <laughs> little like, little like airplane battles. Um, but yeah, so I was on my way down to the basement to put the six pack of beer. And he was like, what are you doing? He caught me. And we were like in the stairway going down and he literally was like fighting he was trying to get this six pack of beer from me. I'm fighting with my son over this six pack of beer. And it was at that point where I was, and he took it and he dumped it. And, um, you know, that was for, for sure a very low um, state of being as a mom. Yeah. Very low. And how um, old's your son now? Oh, okay. So, yeah. So he was 11 when um, when I did get sober, which was such a, I'm so blessed that we're so blessed that it was really at that crucial time where he's about to go into middle school. He's 17 now. So, so he's been with this um, new way of life, new way of living for me and sobriety and spirituality and all the empowering tools 
since you know since 11 and now he's 17 and um he's he's embodying you know what he hears me you know he he he's in a good place thank god and it's the same for me like our middle son is 11 and our oldest just turned 15 yesterday the youngest just turned eight last week but yeah the 11 year old is the one that that you know the eight-year-old is kind of a I don't think he's aware, you know, he's, he knows enough to know that something was wrong with dad or whatever, but you know, the middle, the middle and the, and the oldest definitely knew what was going on. You couldn't slip, but he's got, you can't, you can't get anything past that kid. And then, mm-hmm. but the middle one was the one that like, I think probably me sobering up is going to have the greatest impact on just because of him being a pre-adolescent, you know, like yes. being that tween or whatever. Absolutely. So, yes. yeah. And, and it yeah. sounds like I got sobered around the same age as you as well. Cause I'm 42 and that would have, you would have been in your early to mid forties then as well. Right. Right. I was 45. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Because also, you know, when I was at my lowest low, my son was basically just um, locked in his room playing video games uh, he wouldn't go outside or like exercise he barely saw the the day the, the daylight um so he was definitely suffering and, and and actually was doing some crazy stuff now that now i know we talk about it but he was doing some some not great things either so um yeah gosh wow <laughs> well as a dad of teenage boy you know a teenage son and and just young and and a tween son and a younger son it's like i i've got a heart for those boys to raise them to be to be the best men that they can be to be the most self-aware and kind men that they can be and i realized that it, it, it just alcohol was doing something that was going to it wasn't just affecting me it was more you know and i lost my dad to addiction to um, it was cigarettes that killed my dad when I was 19 and he was 55, but, you know, I just, I realized like, yeah, I really am in this hole and I, and I don't want, I'm just so exhausted and I'm tired of fighting for everything in life and feeling like I'm just failing and getting beat down um, and had kind of given up. But I think I realized like how much it's affecting them. And and I can't say I want to be a good father if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing that. Yeah, I think uh, what you said really resonated was like feel beat down and tired. It's so exhausting. Yeah, tell me also about the yoga stuff because I did not, I had never heard of uh, booty yoga, and hopefully I'm saying like it's yeah, it's correctly. booty, it's booty yoga, but it's not like B O O. It's oh B- right, yeah, I should have specified it's B U T I. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people just think of like an ass, like <laughs> no. <laughs> You know, um, there's actually a, a real core um, behind it. It's it's like discovering your the, your inner um, gems inside. There's a whole um, message behind it. Um, the people who are pra- practice the the practice were bodhisattvas, and it's also similar to like a bodhisattva. So there's a okay. whole there's a it's very like deep um, meaning to it. It um, is definitely a very very um empowering practice but it's kind of got that wild side to it i don't know if what i learned from what google taught me about it like it seems like it blends it's blends a lot of the elements of what you would think of traditional yoga with um forms or poses or movements but also with these dance movements that are everything from like middle eastern to tribal uh african tribal dances to like all, all different cultures and it looks really fun. Like it's it looks, really like it's- fun. It's so fun. 
but it's challenging. It's it's uh it's definitely not for the weak at heart. And that's also one of the other um, practices that helped. So <laughs> as I've been evolving and and um, just becoming and learning more of who I truly am, uh, you know, I've been given these like gems, these gifts that have come into um, my energy field that I've realize how powerful they are in in shifting any kind of bullshit or false beliefs that I might have been holding on to. So, you know, becoming the spiritual practitioner and doing those studies, uh, getting sober in the the early days. So the early days, I will, because we didn't tap on that too much of like my actual journey with that. This time around, and this is important. And so listen up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did 90 meetings in 90 days. And when my first sponsor, who lasted a week, told me that's what she suggested, I was like, you freaking have like 15 heads right now. I just don't, like, you must be nuts. And she was like, well, a lot of people do it and it works. And I heard that I heard those words and I just knew that I had to do whatever it was going to take this time around because I couldn't fail, couldn't fail this time. There was just no living on from that point. And so I, I was like, okay, like suck it up, buttercup, like you're going to do 90 meetings in 90 days. And if I had to miss one, I would double up the next day. Mm-hmm. I just, that was a commitment. You know, I committed to my journey. I committed to my sobriety. I committed to whatever it's going to take. So I did 90 meetings in 90 days. And quite honestly, this is the best thing I ever did in my life. Mm. It was a game changer. It's a game changer. Um, You had said earlier that originally you were like, I don't want to do a, or I don't want to do a 12 step. But then what was it that, that led you to the, AA meetings. How did you get linked with that sponsor well, at that first meeting? Because the other two times I failed, I didn't work. Okay. So I was like, if you want something, if if you want something different, you got to do something different. Gotcha. And this is the truth. And I didn't give it a chance. I I would go like once a week meeting, you know, and that's not gonna do it. Okay. Um. And that second time I tried a different program and it was a different, it was, uh, it's called the power to quit. And I had like a weekly, a call with a counselor. Um, but I don't really want to go into that too much detail because, um, that just ultimately got a little weird and, um, okay. Yeah. So maybe that's why it weird didn't work. And that's why, yeah, actually, that's why I went back out. Actually, why I went, why I relapsed. And I don't want to blame any, anything outside myself, but the truth is, is, um, you know, I have, I have codependency as one of my, um, you know, uh, (laughs) things that I'm working through and working on because codependent my whole life, I wanted to take care of everybody else, but not me. Um, you know, that was my way of coping instead of actually like, working for me sounds familiar yes most of us <laughs> most of us addicts um are codependent <laughs> yep and we're most of us are truly um have like humongous hearts and that's why we want to give and yet um we don't give to ourselves mm. and we don't give ourselves that self-love that truly um if we did then we would be able to help the people even more and more and more so um that's a pretty huge tip 
is to put your oxygen mask on first because when you fully work on you and become the best version of you, then you are actually truly able to give with just ease. And it's, it's so powerful. I'm just so, taking notes here. Keep going. Sorry. I'm like, yeah. this is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Juicy nuggets always. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell me, tell me more about what you would um, offer as advice to people who are in early sobriety. Cause that's kind of the focus of this podcast, but it yeah. doesn't have to, it doesn't, you know, Absolutely. we've got people that listen who are in all stages of sobriety, but in particular people like me who are at, you know, I'm at the 150 ish day mark. So I'm just a, you know, I'm a baby, baby right now. Yeah. I'm um, just still not even, I'm kind of the babbling bay. I, I don't even know what I don't know yet. So what are some things that you would say to those of us who are in our, especially in our first year? Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, you know, what your journey looks like, but I will share with, so I can't tell anybody what to do, but I could share sure. with my experience, strength and hope and my experience, strength and hope is that um, to really let go of who you thought you were, let go of any attachments outside of yourself, work on yourself as much as you can. And honestly, follow, you know, follow people that are where you want to be and do what they say. So there's so much out there like podcasts, you know, you're bringing guests on, you're here, you're showing up, follow the people that, that you resonate with and do what they suggest and what they are, what they've done. Um, you know, everyone, we're the same, like we're all the same, but we're different. We're unique individualizations. And so what works for me might not work for you. So we have to find like our people. And once we do really take that knowledge and that wisdom and do it. So the thing is, is we can talk the talk. It is so easy to talk the talk. It is not so easy to walk the walk. And they're two very different things because one's going to keep you stuck and one's going to push you forward, you know? So, but why do you think some of us choose to, um, you know, well, to talk the talk or even the negative self-talk, like you did us, you did an Instagram live yesterday about prolonging our, our pain and misery. And I got logged on at the very end of it. And I was like, dang it, I missed it. So I got to watch some of it this morning, but yeah. can you talk about the power of, you know, that along with the power of decision-making, what do you think it is that keeps us trapped in that cycle of, uh, of just saying, saying things, but not really doing things to back, to back that up that leads to progress? Yeah. So two things, fear and laziness. Okay. We're not necessarily, let me rephrase that. I don't want to say laziness, being comfortable. So fear of like the what ifs, not the unknown is always scary. But honestly, and this is, write this down, the unknown and the fear, when we push past it, that is where the good stuff lies. Okay. So the only way out is through to get to that good, you know, whatever it is that you're, you want, you desire. You know, what, what do you desire? Because 
whatever you desire, you can have it. It's yours. But you can't just stay stuck. And it's also not having the lack and limitation mindset. Woe is me. It's it's you. It doesn't serve you. So I'm, I know it's hard for me to speak like exactly to you know um, sure. the you know the newer because um, you know uh, what I want to do is extract extract from you guys that that empowerment because it's it's there. It, it's never it's always been there but through our conditioning and whatever we've experienced in life and who raised us you know we've we've adapted these thought patterns and these these habits that might not serve us any longer so it's it's being open and being aware of your own bullshit so that's what i said like yeah yeah getting out of your freaking head of like whatever is not serving you, it's, it's rewiring, be open to rewiring your brain and your ways and your patterns and and be, be more vulnerable. Honestly, I found that the more vulnerable that I've become, the really much easier that um, life is. I have way more peace within. Um, we're all just human. So like if your ego, <laughs> Your ego will trip you up and the will in your ego will keep tripping you up until you like become aware of it. It, it wants you to it kind of it wants you to stay stuck because it's protecting you. Yeah. But it's not. It's not protecting you from the good stuff and from the joy. You know, I lived most of my life um, addicted to a bottle, despair in like depression high blood pressure, my health sucked, um, anxiety was like off the roof. Um, my relationships were like, um, codependent, attracting emotionally unavailable people, um, just not being present at all. So, so now (laughs) I, I help, you know, I talk about this because I know where I was and I was so miserable. And I know where I am now and I know how I can, I can, yes, I'm human. Okay. Like I'm having actually right now, I'm going through kind of like a rough, I'm transforming myself and I'm kind of going through some rough times and it's choosing how you handle those rough times. Like how long are you going to stay there in that mind? Poor what was me? All this shit's happening to me. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. How long are you going to stay in that? low energy or what are you going to do to change that energy so i use affirmations i'll like just shift gears you know we have that power to shift gears we do and 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 that's what i'm most interested to ask you about is the idea that the empowerment is already already there that you're just as a coach just extracting something that's always it's not just well i can develop this it's that it's always always been there inside of us. And so tell me more about that. And I mean, I know even if you repeat yourself, just uh, like, that's what I'm most interested in understanding, because to me, it feels like I'm supposed to find, maybe this is a very American culture sort of thing, or maybe it's the army training in me. That's like, you need to dig down deep and just, you need to generate some, some motivation or you need to generate some power, but yeah, in reality, so you're saying it's always there. 
Right, right. Yeah. So shifting that, first of all, you don't need anything. That's like a lack mindset. Okay. Like I need is, is a lack mindset. So to shift to empowerment is like, well, yeah. So let's talk about you have everything you need. So as a spiritual practitioner, I'm a religious science practitioner. It's a religious philosophy way of life. So that's, um, that was really resonated with me. It wasn't like this religion, you're separate from God. It's that it's a oneness and that um, it's a, a way of life and a philosophy. So that is a little lighter to me. feels like a little bit more easygoing to me. Mm-hmm. And like, I can do that, you know, not like this religion. And um, so, so my beliefs is that we come into this world and we're all children of God. We're, we're connected to God, our higher selves. And the qualities are that we're perfect, whole and complete as we come in. We are human. So we're these souls, spirits in these human bodies. So we're having these human emotions and human experiences. Mm. And that's what starts to, like, I think I talked in that live, there's a story about the golden Buddha where they, there's gold, beautiful golden Buddha and they, they, someone's coming to like steal it. So they hide it with like covered mud. And so that's kind of what, what we, we get covered in these layers of like false beliefs and limitations. Like we're not good enough and, and our self-worth and just all this, these things, these fears, uh, or like whatever the mindset is that we've been kind of programmed by the age of six, we've already got that, those pro- yeah. that programming. Yeah. And so so now as we are transforming, evolving, becoming sober, figuring out who the hell we are, because only we know who we are. There's no one like you. There's no one like me. And that's what's so cool about like human experiences is that we are different yet the same. So that's where the, uh, you know, the compassion for other humans comes in is like, you know, you don't know what someone else is going through. You don't know what they've been through. So when we do that judgment, when we judge people, it's actually like we're judging ourselves. So you got to go in, go in, in with that and figure out like, why am I judging that person? Because it's most likely what you think about yourself. So that's pretty heavy. <laughs> I just threw, I, I just threw a little heavy bomb down. That's but, uh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. 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 Um, so perfect, whole, and complete. So we're everything that God is, right? We don't need anything else. We have it. So how do we tap into that power? Hmm. So how do we do it? Heal. We heal. And that's kind of why, that's why I chose to do the spiritual practitioner journey because I am actually a healer. Um, I'm, you know, that's what it is. It's, um, you know, like, um, like a walking mystic healer, but I, I don't do the work. It's already there. It's just changing the, the, the thought patterns and the belief system. So okay. it's a little, we're going on a little heavy, deep spirituality here, but I mean, if you can catch a little bit of it and, and it like sparks some interest, then it'll guide you to your next, like connect the dots, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, and I love that you do, you've taken such a holistic approach to everything. And that was actually your word, not mine. in one yeah. of your descriptions 
right. of yourself. Like, you know, you do everything from the booty yoga to cold therapy, like ice, like yeah, ice baths okay, and stuff. Right. So tell me about that too. Okay. Yeah. So that's a recent addition to my passion of holistic healing. And honestly, it is very recommended for addicts. Okay. Yeah. So it has a lot of benefits, um, anti-inflammatory, depression. It, um, well, for me, it just freaking, well, yeah, reset. It's just a reset for most people are, they just put it in their mind. Like I would never do that. I'm scared of that. And then you're creating that fear. So why would you want to do it if you're creating that fear? Absolutely. And I'm remembering now when I surfed some of the most healing experiences that I had um, when I was in seminary in Los Angeles and uh, the, my way to get away from my four part to-do list from, you know, part-time, two part-time jobs, a full-time school and a new husband and new father, I would drive out to uh, the South Bay of Los Angeles and, and surf in the mornings. And there were mornings where it was cold, even in my wetsuit and booties and everything, it was cold. But now I think about it, like I made myself get in and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be yeah. after the first, you know, minute or two. And I wonder how much I didn't appreciate or had no idea how much the, the temperature of the water was actually helping. Right. It's Yeah. So that's cool that you did that though, with yeah, all that stuff going on in your life. And you're like, this is the thing that kind of helps me feel better. I still don't that's like cold that. showers though. I still am a weenie. I'm like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it feels good though. I mean, honestly, like, does anyone ever like, I don't know me, maybe I'm getting to the point of like, I want to do this. Um, but what I have adapted is just like, this is going to make me feel really good. Okay. So no, I don't want to do it necessarily, but, but, but uh, it's the idea of I'm going to do this hard work. It's what you talked about earlier. You can't get to the good stuff without going through something to get it. And you have to get off your ass and say, I I'm willing to, even if it's just off your mental ass, you got it. You got to get up and, and do that. But what would you say to someone who feels so beaten down? Like I remember, you know, in the depths of despair, it was like, you could say whatever you wanted to me. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know I should, or I know I could. Right. Exactly. It was in case you're, in case you're not watching the YouTube, she's giving them the double middle finger. That, that's, that's what I would have said. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, wait, say the question again, so I can just really get clear on. Sorry, what. Yeah. I think the, it's a great question. The question is just, what would you say to someone who is in the depths of despair and who doesn't think that they have that power inside of themselves or they fear they believe that it's theoretically possible but they either don't care enough or they feel like they don't have enough uh willpower to access it or whatever whatever it is they need to access it yeah wow that's a really powerful question um you're worthy you are worthy of happiness you are worthy of living your best life. You are worthy of having your dreams come true. I mean, honestly, that's the bottom line. Okay. How you get there, there are a lot of ways, but that is why I show up like I show up today because I know where I was Yeah. and I know where I am and if, I mean, anybody that's around me 
it's just like, oh my God, your energy. <laughs> it's a, in, infectious. That's me too. Yeah. 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 And I would say to the people who hear, if you're in that place and you've heard Karen say that, understand that when I was in the depths of despair, I didn't want to hear it either. And I didn't want to believe it, even if I thought it was theoretically true, but I needed someone like Karen to say it to me. And I had those big sisters who mm. were telling it to me and they were the, one of them in particular was, well, she was my first guest on the podcast and I oh. called her the spark that I needed to stop the madness. And it was oh. her encouragement that, um, that was, that made the difference. She yeah. made me understand that I was worthy and that I was capable and that I did have what it takes, even if I didn't want to, even if I, even if I knew. It yeah, was we don't want to, we don't want to do hard things, but we can do hard things. And that's why I love the cold water. Cause that's really, really shown me we can do hard things. Okay. The other thing I want to also tap into that you are worthy is that you are worthy and you are never alone. And First and foremost, like literally you're never alone because God is within you or whatever you want to call it. There's something greater, bigger inside of you. It's just waiting for you to freaking find it. Okay. So you're never alone. But then also the community, exactly why you created this podcast. Yeah. The community, we help each other you're not alone and i think as alcoholics or you know any anybody with addictions could be anything quite honestly there's a million different kinds of addictions so um anybody they they've just their whole life kind of just kept it in you know and not spoken what's really going on yeah their feelings like we would cover up our feelings with alcohol we, we didn't know how to process things and feel. One of the hardest things is people in, in, in new sobriety is like learning how to process feelings yeah. without something yeah. outside of ourselves, without something outside of ourselves. So that's exactly what I use. So I, you know, I'm in recovery, but why do you think I do the things I do is to keep my shit together because I don't want to relapse again. This is no joke. This is my life. So I do these things, these holistic practices on a daily, they, they're like number one. It's that oxygen mask on for me because if I'm not in a good state, how can I help anybody? How can I be a good mom? How can I be a good friend? How can I be a good daughter, sister? It's so important. Like self-care is so important. Self well, tell me about your coaching program. Cause I know you have a new six month program coming up called the spiritual journey. Um, and it's a one-on-one -on -one program. So tell us more about that and the work that you do as a coach, uh, for some of your, uh, I hate to say, I hate the term clients, you know, it's a, your cust. I hate the term customers yeah. too. It's for some of the people that you help. My people. How do you help them? The <laughs> Ultimately people. they're my people, right? They're like, yeah. you're definitely my people. Cause I'm um, like attracts like, so, um, the people that, you know, I coach, they see in me, you know, what they, they have inside of them, same principle of having that, what are inside, but how do we get there? Yeah. So that's what I do. I help people get from, you know, like we're, that, that low vibration. So I, I speak in vibration and energy. 
that's really what my whole thing is, is like, we've got the low vibe, we've got the high vibe. And I lived in the low vibe for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm, I'm definitely vibrating pretty, pretty high, mostly, you know, I mean, I'm human, I have experiences, but I don't stay there long. Yeah. So, um, so my, so my clients, they see something in me, which is already in them. So they come to me and as a coach, we work one-on-one individually on, you know, whatever their particular, you know, healing, um, is going on for them. And so we, we have a weekly zoom call and through that we can, we create affirmations for them. There'll be journaling prompts. Um, there might be a specific book reading. So it is definitely because it's one-to-one it's, it's individualized, you know, for that particular client. So, um, which makes it really, really cool and a much, um, faster path to growth yeah. is um, when you can really dive into one-to-one and work with somebody. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited about it. I do have um, a client right now, actually that was right before this call that I'm working with and um, just to see the growth like in 30 days, is just amazing. Um, yeah. And the changes. Yeah. And I was thinking uh, maybe that, Maybe the better term for me to say is how, what do you do for your team members? Because I think your email is team at KarenKane.com, right? (laughs) Your teammates, maybe. Go team, go. Go team. Yeah. We are a team. We are one. We're all connected. Everything is energy. So if you are listening to this podcast, welcome to the team because we are human team. So I also actually, side note, side note, um, Two years into my sobriety, I, I um, created a company called Believe in Humans, and it was really about like my my change in two years, like how I became, I had the belief in myself, you know, which then became with the spiritual practices, the belief in everyone, like we're all the same, but we're different, and we're all having human experiences, and we're doing the best that we can, but ultimately, like if we don't believe in ourselves, like we can't believe in anybody else. Mm. So it's a I know it's going to turn into something eventually, but right now it's kind of on the back burner. But um, believe in humans, like <laughs> we're all we're team human. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Um, before we go, I want to ask you the question that I ask most of my guests now, and hopefully I don't put you on the spot too badly. But I'm already like leaning in. Yeah, I know there are. Um, you've said so many things. There are so many things that you've said already that are so powerful, but if you had 30 seconds left in your life, Karen Kane, what would you say to the people that were around you or what would be your dying message to the world before you passed on from this, from this form of existence? Fucking don't listen to anybody and do what brings you joy and have fun. Uh, there you go. That's a great fly. Fuck <laughs> everybody and do what you want. There you go. I love it. I, I'm actually writing it down. Oh, please write that down. And that. yeah, we could name the episode that Fuck everybody and do it what you want with Karen. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I'm so yes. grateful to you for joining. Al and I are super grateful to you for oh, joining. Yes. Thank you. I love and- her spirit animal. <laughs> He's fantastic. I love spirit animals. Yes. <laughs> 
he's my buddy. Uh, like, so if you're listening and you want to get connected with Karen, Sounds at Karen it. Kane on Instagram, yeah. it's K-A-R-Y-N-C-A-I-N. And if you'd like to be connected to other I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye audience members for conversation, mutual encouragement, you can message me on Instagram at I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye. Karen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for what you do to help people get from those lower from those lower places to those higher places. And thank you for spending an hour of your time. Thank you for having me. Very grateful. It was great. Well, listen, the way we send off here on the show is um, Al and I are going to send everyone our best sober vibes by saying goodbye, alcohol, and hello, life. (laughs) Much love to everyone out there in the sober world and peace. Thank you. Awesome.